this is Guys Read Romance, where I, romance author Margot Radcliffe, politely strong-arm my male friends into reading and chatting about romance novels with me for an uncomfortably long period of time. All right, I'm so happy to be chatting again with Giovanni De Federici. We've known each other for over a decade, and he's a talented artist, graphic designer, and administrator for a tech boot camp. Just to recap, he's famous for painting penises into murals, which makes him a perfect guest for this podcast. I'm also, frankly, still pretty irritated by how many times he beat me at Mario Kart, so I'm hoping to really annoy him today. He's read one romance novel already and was psyched to read more, so thank you so much for coming back, and I'm excited to talk about romance with you. Happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) So just to recap, what do you normally read? I normally I normally read literary fiction, science fiction, some genre stuff, horror, things like that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I read, I don't know, whatever. I've read a lot of like technical books and things, scientific papers and whatever. Depends on what I'm doing. But in terms of just what I enjoy, mostly fantasy, sci-fi, and then literary fiction. Gotcha. And so how did you feel about reading another romance novel after the last one? Well, I was very curious to see Well, I was, I was very curious about because of the previous book, which was short. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really just a novella. Yep. I was curious to see if the tone or if the sort of tropes inherent in it were carried over into a longer novel that sort of had some of the same themes, you know, mm-hmm. and characterization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was curious about that. The depictions of sex and things like that were interesting, not really anything like I'd read previously. Sure. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot of curiosity. I would say I was curious to see what, you know, how consistent is the genre. Okay. So curiosity was the leading emotion, not horror or sadness. No, it was curiosity. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. I'm glad to hear it. All right, we're going to jump right in here with another, and you read this time, Fire in His Blood by Ruby Dixon. So that's what we'll be talking about. But first, we are going to play the sex scene game where I read you two passages, one of which is written by a man and one that is written by a woman, and you have to guess. Okay. Do you think you got it right in the last? I believe I did. Yeah. Last one. So we'll see if you can go two for two. Here we go. Are you ready? I was born ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know. That wasn't as funny as I as I thought. <laughs> give it to you. All right. He placed his hand on the concave stretch that was her belly, letting two fingers rest in the yawn of her navel. He slipped downwards, grazing the tight skin of her waist with his fingertips. That's one. Okay. Two. So close. The strength of what was building was staggering, mind blowing. My body was going to be blown to dust atoms when this hit. If he stopped, I'd cry, cry and beg and maybe kill. Uh, The first is the male author. The second is the female author. Why do you think that? Well, the language and depiction in the second one was similar to the two novels that I just read. And then (laughs) and then (laughs) the first one was like a tactile experience from the male perspective. Gotcha. So you, the first one was written in his point of view. So that was a big tip off. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think that was part of it. All right. You are correct. Congratulations. (laughs) 
<laughs> the first one was a man. It was The Shape of Her by Rowan Somerville. And then the second one was Lick by Kylie Scott. So good job. You're yeah. really learning from these rom. I love that you've drawn upon your romance novel knowledge now. <laughs> well, I, ha I have something to draw upon now. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. All right. I love it. Okay. All right. Moving on. We are going to, like I said, talk about Fire in His Blood by Ruby Dixon. A little bit about the author. Ruby Dixon is the secret pen name of a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author. Ruby, she writes science fiction romance. This book itself has 577,716 ratings on Goodreads. So it's in, it's enormous. She's actually most famous for Ice Planet Barbarian, the Ice Planet Barbarian series that kind of blew up the internet during the pandemic. It was like everywhere and it was started out as a self-published novel, but publishers have since bought it and now are re-releasing it. Hmm. So it is a huge, huge deal. And then this book is book one of 10 in the Fireblood Dragons series, also extremely popular. So she is a huge self-published and now published author. So good for her. It's exciting. Yep. And kind of kind of insane how that Ice Barbarians thing kind of took off. I mean, like the things you get into in a pandemic, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Alien. You never know where that road's gonna take you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do now. And it's, well. yeah. It's a sad road. Not for the Ice Planet Barbarians, but you know right. what I mean. All right. So this book, Fire in His Blood, here's the summary. Years ago, the skies ripped open and the world was destroyed in fire and ash. Dragons, once creatures of legend, are the enemy. Vicious and unpredictable, they rule the skies of the ruined cities, forcing humanity to huddle behind barricades for safety. Claudia is a survivor. She scrapes by as best she can in a hard, dangerous world. When she runs afoul of the law, she's left as bait in dragon territory. She only has one chance to survive, to somehow tame a dragon and get it to obey her. Except that the dragon finds her that finds her is as wild and brutal as any other, and he's not interested in obeying. What he is interested in is a mate. So, there we go. Gio, I'm so excited to hear what you think of this book. All right. First question. Tell me, what did you think of the cover, the summary? What are some of the things you felt before reading? You had to have some thoughts. It's about a dragon. I did. I, I was curious. <laughs> I was curious to see what the parallels between this book and the previous book would be. So I think that I think I read it with a bias towards looking for those things. But before I actually, I bought this novel so that I would have the, you know, the hard copy to read. You bought a physical book? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, then I, I can. this dedication. <laughs> then I can make notes and stuff like that. So it, it helps out. You made notes in the book? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I'm, cu I'm curious. It's a whole new thing for me. So uh -huh. like, it's probably uh -huh. not something I'll do forever, but. I would love to see those annotations. Oh. <laughs> Please, send I'll, I'll send you the I'll send you the copy so you can see it. <laughs> I would love it. Thank you. Absolutely, I'll, I'll gift it to you. No problem. In a week, I will text you a reminder. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Right. 
That's amazing. I appreciate the dedication, but go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the cover was what I would consider to be typical, uh, although the uh, depiction of the dragon was, you know, something to remark, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, so <laughs> he's not a dragon on the cover I have. Is he a dragon on the cover you have? He's not. That's actually what was interesting to me is that I'm kind of like, okay, this is a dragon. So when I saw the cover and he's it, it, on the, the cover, he appears to be transforming into a dragon or or, or mm-hmm. at some stage of it. So I was like, okay, this is kind of like the werewolf and that there's a transition between, right. you know, a human form and then an animal form. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was sort of a hint at, to, of things to come, I think. So that was, remo- that was worth noting, I, I think. <laughs> And that it, it gave me a hint as to sort of the nature of the character. <laughs> right. Well, in the on the cover, they're over some fire. And he shocking. Have, hmm? I said shocking. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has poured out of his blood. Yes. And then <laughs> and then he does seem to have those yellow scales that I did have some trouble in the book kind of imagining, I guess, golden, like what scales. I So I appreciated the visual. Yeah. And so, yeah, it wasn't the cover was fine. It was cute and funny. And yeah, know, the little horns are kind of hilarious. But <laughs> <It's>, I did. <laughs> I mean, (laughs) the little horns are just... Because I honestly, I didn't know that dragons had horns, to be honest. I mean, I guess I just didn't think of, thought of wings on dragons. I don't normally like, maybe they're tiny, tiny horns, but like, I don't know. I mean, I think they can have whatever you want and that they're mythological creatures. So, you know, in this sense, it makes as much sense as any other thing, but I just think they're hysterical. Like, you know, sort of protruding out of his hair, you know. (laughs) It's the first and what I found when it's the first of a lot of things I found humorous about (laughs) that we'll we'll discuss. But so, yeah. So what, why did you choose this one, by the way, out of all that, the list? I mean, you, like we said before, you requested mostly paranormal as kind of what sent you. So that werewolf one and now this dragon. So if I recall, I actually picked this one first mm-hmm. and then i can't remember why but switch to the other one i think it might have been because it was like a novella length and shorter and you know crisper yeah. so it was sort of a faster intro you know something i could read in an afternoon as opposed mm-hmm. to spending a couple of days on it you know yeah so but you picked this one i'm gonna guess because of the dragon really mm-hmm. what drew you to this one mm-hmm. gotcha dragons are cool there's dragons no are super cool about it yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to it's hard to debate that one i mean <laughs> I just went to um, a Game of Thrones convention, and I was hoping that there would like be people dressed as dragons. Not a one. And I was <laughs> like, "This is a missed opportunity, guys. Like, just nobody's a dragon. You're gonna yeah. there's like ten Tyrians and no dragons. <laughs> Come on." Well, <laughs> I think that's an indication of how much effort is is required for the two. You know. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you think you can't just buy a dragon costume and slip it on? Come on. Anyway. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, they don't pay me for nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nobody pays me for anything. <laughs> All right. So did the post-apocalyptic world in this uh, seem interesting to you? Because that's a bit, that's like the whole thing. You know, they're, the dragons ruined everything. 
they just set everything on fire. Now, now they're in Dallas, you know, which is already kind of post-apocalyptic <laughs> in a sense on its own. I think that's fair. It's, it, it you know, well, I, I would say that it was, it made sense. It wasn't as fleshed out as I thought. That, that kind of made sense when they were sort of trapped behind walls. There wasn't really anywhere to go. The, the one thing I kind of had a problem understanding was the location of their sort of walled compound. And then there are these people kind of escaping it to go pillage and look for, th- I mean, not pillage, but just to scavenge and look for things. In my, it was hard to depict in, you know, hard to picture what they were going into. Were they just going into a desert and finding individual buildings or were they, was it like deep in the city? And, you know, so they were hiding under cars it just there was it was it wasn't a lot to like visualize and that was actually one of the things i struggled with through through the novel was where the hell are they you know right Um, the scale of the settlement or whatever that was old that was the city of dallas was kind of hard to figure out like i didn't know like how like and i was the whole place they were surrounded by a wall of old cars is what Mm -hmm. it's like and like so how big like, I just didn't understand, like, how, like, and how were there roads? Like, what was the town? Like, what was it actually like? Was it right. just, I did have trouble kind of figuring that out. Like, I got that they lived on a bu- an old bus, but like, I, yeah, it was, it was difficult. And then like, how far out was she scavenging? And then they came across later on in the book, they came across like a furniture store and stuff that was like untouched. And I was like, this has been a post-apocalyptic world for like 15 years, however long it was. It seemed like seven years, maybe. Yeah. And I was like, surely this would be, would have been found by now, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I got, I get it. You don't want to spend forever on this as the book's not about that. But it was difficult just to know where anybody was or anything like that. So that I think this the concept of the setting made sense and that if yeah. these animals have a have arrived and have essentially torched everything. Right. It's it's just gonna be that. But what what is it like? You know, what is it like in a city that's been burned by dragons? I thought that would have been an interesting thing to explore. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and I also kind of just didn't understand the point of the wall. Because, like, the wall isn't keeping the dragons out. They fly. No. So yeah. Like, I kind of just didn't get it. And, like, I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't know what kind of, I don't know what you create to keep dragons out, dragon fire out. But, like, I don't know, maybe something else. Yeah. It's, it, I, I had the same thought that, I mean, it kind of proved, it proves your point in the book later on when the walls do absolutely nothing, essentially. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it, it, I had a thought very early on while reading. I was like, why aren't they underground? Yeah. It seems like the only place that they could really escape from the threat, you know, that would be interesting too, because if you have marauders and you have people who can, humans are not depicted, you know, <laughs> in a favorable light in this novel. So if you have so many sort of terrible characters running around doing terrible things, it seems like underground would be a interesting place to have that happen yeah, um, yeah i mean it's like if the dragons own the skies and the land you really don't have anywhere else to go yeah so underground geo just as easy as that well you know it's a city so you have huge basements and you know underground structures and things like that so yeah i mean we'll never know i guess but would have been a a quick fix i guess but yeah so it, it was a struggle 
It was a struggle to figure out why they couldn't scavenge. Like, I didn't understand that rule, really, to be honest. I didn't either. Um, you would think that they want to send people out to get stuff, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you would think they would have to. Yeah. I mean, I mean it didn't seem like they were, they were growing food in there. You know what I mean? I don't know. I had a lot of questions. Me too. And, and maybe that's something that will get fleshed out. And well, I haven't read any of the, the later novels, so maybe that gets fleshed out later. I don't know. Maybe so. A lot of things get fleshed out. You know what I mean? But also, <laughs> but also, once the dragon showed up, I found that I didn't care. I was fine. I'm like, I'm fine with this dragon world now. So yeah. she knew what she was doing. Um, all right. So how did you feel? Speaking of, how did you feel about the characters? Did you think they portrayed portrayed people you might meet in your real life? Um. Well, not the dragon, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought Claudia was interesting. I thought she was a good character. Mm-hmm. She was kind of stuck in a loop on very similar thoughts over and over again. But in in fact, that's probably very realistic, but maybe too realistic for a novel. Mm-hmm. The dragon was, I mean, almost almost hilarious, like to read about the dragon's reaction to anything or uh-huh. um you know, very similar to the previous novel, actually, except that yeah. it was almost as if this was a depiction of the beast, you know, the sort of male beast archetype before it's managed to be tamed, basically. You know, right. That's the whole point of this one is like this is the event that tames that particular animal impulses in the male character. So. Yes. And so once I realized that he, like, once it kind of sunk in that he was a dragon, and I realized that, like, language would be an issue, I was delighted. And so what <laughs> what took place, I loved that they, like, couldn't actually communicate. I found it hilarious. And then that it was kind of remedied by the telepathy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that uh, somehow he could, when the words were said out loud, she couldn't understand them. But when they were in his head, it was understandable. Yeah. I loved that magic. I really enjoyed it. And so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I thought, I mean, I thought the the whole, the whole part at the beginning where they couldn't communicate was, was pretty funny. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought that. I mean, who in the, who the hell knows how somebody's going to react to this to a situation like that? But I, where you meet some terrifying creature that's essentially ended life on Earth, and the expectation is that you're going to somehow tame it or whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. And you know, when she's first kind of introduced to him, but her reaction, like she sort of tor- turns the corner pretty quickly, and then starts trying to figure out how to make the sort of the best of the situation. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. That that he he has kind of an internal dialogue that she can't understand, you know, and he can't understand it. I also like the idea that he's just completely disinterested in learning her language, you know, because he's he's like, why would I do that? It makes no sense. This is there's such an easier way to do this, you know. He's pretty focused on a few key things, and it is amusing. Um, and I will backing up just say I did enjoy her when the novel first started. I was like, oh, I'm into her. She's sounds cool and like I like how she's dealing with this prison situation when she's captured like I was like this is a heroine I can get behind that's fine um so I did I did like her I did quickly become like kind of irritated by like the 
it got a little repetitive, like you said, like the right. whole thing. And I just kind of found myself kind of zoning out a little bit. But I liked her for the most part. And I appreciated that she had a goal. You know, she was trying to get her sister or whatever. It was funny how they couldn't communicate at first. And I have to ask you, we talked about campiness last time. And I mean, did romance not deliver camp for you this time, Gio? Come yes. on. Yes, I would say that this was definitely campy for sure. This is yeah. camp at its finest. It is a dragon. <laughs> a dragon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, there were so many parts in it that were just goofy, basically. I mean, there's so many. I mean, even characterizations of people. I mean, people other than the main character and the dragon were just the most despicable, horrible. You know, I mean, it was almost, I mean, it seemed like an obvious uh parallel where there's this perception that the dragon is the monster but people are actually the monsters and that the best mate for for women is not human men <laughs> so like <laughs> in this in this in this future where everything is destroyed and everyone's devolved into barbarian assholes you know that that women just need to move on to something better um, right. that even that was kind of campy i mean oh, yeah so. for sure not without its fair points however or but Yes, I just, I just loved all of it. I loved the casualness of the way that she accepted, yes, he's a dragon. Yes, we're gonna fuck. Yes, he's has scales and it's fine. I'm into it. Yeah, and it's fine. We That's what I was gonna say. It wasn't fine. She was into all of it basically instantly. Huh? I said it wasn't just that it was fine. It was like she was into it like almost yeah. instantly. Right. You know? Yeah, because she was like, he's hot. These yellow scales this is great. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm okay. That's how, I mean, I was like, just, this is great. So <laughs> let's do it. I, it, it, it. And like, just like, it just didn't. Yeah, it was just funny. It was <laughs> super funny. And like, at, at a certain point, I it like did, because they did just really, it really, because they couldn't communicate, like we said. Mm -hmm. So it was just them having sex all the time. And it did, I will say, maybe this is sacrilegious, but I was kind of over it by the end. I was like, I'm kind of sick of this. <laughs> I get it. Like, I'm fine. Like, let's, let's end this. But I appreciated it. And I just, I just found it super funny. Yeah. Basically. I did too. I thought I thought overall it was pretty funny and the, the dynamic between them was interesting. I mean, I do think she got over the horror of being around him pretty fast. Mm -hmm. And it was it was almost like the shock of being around him had very little to do with him and more to do with her squeamishness about specific things. Like when he kills the, I forget what it was. It was like a sheep or goat or cow. I can't remember what yeah. it was exactly. Yeah. You know, it, it's like she took in so many things so quickly and was like, all right, cool. You know, but, but killing an animal in the wrong way, it just like a bridge too far. Humanity's dead. <laughs> and the guy that I'm with killed them all. But, you know, you were mean to that cow. And I was like, seems a little unbalanced, you know? Like, well, yeah, and, and the quibble about, like, how the outside was charred or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's like, okay. <laughs> I was like, all right, all right. I mean, you're starving, but apparently this is... It was great. It was, yeah, I noticed that too. The, the thing that she tended to get hung up on. But it yeah. was, you know, you never know what truly tests you in a post-apocalyptic world until... It's true. It's true. You know, one, one thing I did like about her 
a lot, which I think rang very true, was that, well, don't get me wrong, she was strong and she did a lot and was trying to hold it down for multiple people and protect them in just an awful situation. But she was also like fairly, it, she seemed fairly like sheltered and innocent at the same time. And that rang very realistic to me. So I, I thought it was I liked that about her. She wasn't just, you know, like the bad, you know, chick who can kind of handle every situation and do and do anything because she's seen it all and, you know, been there, done that kind of a thing. Yeah, um, she wasn't jaded. And also she was very young, right? Yeah. So like it seemed like at the start when this happened, she was a teenager. And so she was still very, in seven years past, she was still very young, like 24, 25, maybe. So yeah, and I like that she kind of, yeah, she had a lot of people to take care of and she still had like a her wits about her. And So did you find the dialogue realistic? Do you think that's how people talk to each other? Uh, no. Not really, but it's 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 so hard in novels like this. It's like saying when you read a Tolkien novel, you know, did they speak the way real people speak? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's fantasy largely, and well, you're talking about a dragon, you know, and it's it's difficult to say, but not really. Yeah, <laughs> I asked that. I I was gonna take that question out because there's not a lot of dialogue, right? Because like we said, most of the interaction is between her and the dragon, and most of it is again telepathy. So it's like in italics. So it's dialogue, but it's not really because they don't really communicate verbally with each other that much. And when they do, it's in the beginning, and it's very confusing. And yeah, it was interesting to me as a like a as a writer to see because she did still do kind of an excellent job without the dialogue of like communicating the looks they gave each other, how they interpreted like body language for you know, and kind of how all of that comes together. Like, so I found that interesting and. I thought she did a good job with it because we were I was still engaged with how they were communicating with each other in the beginning even though it wasn't through a lot of dialogue necessarily and how to kind of make them attracted to each other without them talking I mean so of course it was just a lot of like him her describing this dragon's body or whatever which was right fun. but I thought that was that was kind of interesting to read but yeah the dialogue even with her sister even like the dialogue at the beginning with the mayor or whatever I found to just be funny yeah <laughs> of the time I just found it silly and can't and I that's I mean I suppose that's how it's supposed to be but yeah yeah, that, that's more or less how I interpret it. But I mean, you can extrapolate it a little bit in that it was all almost, it was basically all in first person. Sure. So there was kind of an internal dialogue going on the whole time. And that seemed largely designed to characterize the protagonist, you know, to give her, a, to color her thoughts and things like that. Sure. But yeah, I agree. I mean, the sort of communication via semaphore was kind of interesting. Um, yeah. And did you following up? Did you find the entire like writing style compelling? I mean, would you have finished this book if you didn't have? Um, no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I think this novel could have been fifty pages shorter and have been like much, much, much tighter. You know, for it. Mm -hmm. See, the thing about it is that there was a it was a lot of repetition and sort of the internal thoughts, which. It's like, hey, you know, I get, it. I get it. You want, it. you want us to know what this character's thinking, but we already know. So, yeah, I, and I just read it like five pages ago. It's not like I read it two hundred pages ago. <laughs> I read it five pages ago, uh -huh. and 
then there was a lot of, sh you know, showing us those interact. I mean, those were very interesting interactions between her and the dragon. Mm -hmm. I, that was the, easily the most interesting part of this book to me. Yeah. Was just how, how do they interact? What do they do? Why do you know, why is it that he can't understand her? But like all of his internal thoughts could have been cut, in my opinion. We didn't need to see his perspective at all. Like, fuck him. He's just a, he's just the dragon. You know, in, in a way, he's more of a force than a character. Sure. And uh, especially at the beginning when she doesn't understand him, because I kind of read it and then went back and read a little bit more. And a lot of his a lot of his internal discussion is about the thing she's not understanding. And then later on, she speaks to him and he basically explains it to her. So we could have learned it at the same time she did and just been confused while she was confused. Right. Um, so there were things like that where I thought just tightening this up would have made it a lot more a lot more compelling of a read, even though it's a really interesting story. Yeah, I agree. I have to say, look, I love the idea of this book and I love the author for doing it. I love the premise. I love all of it. I love it. I was here for it. I was happy to read it. It delighted me. <laughs> in, in its goofiness and silliness and I appreciate it appreciate it for existing I found it extremely difficult to get through I <laughs> after the first like 75 100 pages I just it was that kind of and it's not through the writing style because that was the question I thought I think that she's a great writer I think that what is on the page is great. I think she's funny and I think that she tells a good story. And I think the characters like Claudia, again, like we said, was, was good. And I think the overall story was fine. Here's a girl who yeah. wants to protect her sister. We'll talk about that later and it's fine. But it was the repetition that got me. It was in the end, the fact that they don't have, they have no, nothing in common. We don't really know in a post-apocalyptic world, she's just trying to survive. So this is just about to her survival. He's a dragon. And so there's nothing that I'm interested in. Like I, they're not in love. They're just, I mean, he's a actual dragon. They can't talk. They're mated for life, and that's cool. I mean, I like that she doesn't have to make a decision about it. That's what everybody wants, you know what I mean? Right. To not have to make <laughs> complicated life decisions. Like, here's a dragon who wants me. You showed up, and I'm gonna get a couch. So done. You know, I I appreciate like <laughs> the allure of that, but I just found it a little uninteresting and and at the end of the day. So I kind of I had trouble I had trouble kind of staying engaged. But yeah. I you know, but it didn't it didn't stop me from liking it. I just I had I, had I had enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I, I thought the the ending was it didn't feel like it wrapped up very much to me. But I will say this. as I was reading it, I kept having the same thought again and again, which was this would make a good movie. Oh, right. If it could be tightened up a lot, you know, uh -huh. and certain parts of it were expanded out, like some of the action, if that had been expanded out, the 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 basic, you know, dynamic between the two characters is great. That could definitely hold a film for 
at least 90 minutes, you know? Right. Um, and then if well, they have some conflict to resolve external to themselves, that's even better, you know? Right. And I think part of the problem was that like you have this setup for the dragon the dragon's world is interesting. Like I wanted to know, like he, they were forced out of their home into planet earth and now they're a bunch of dragons and they're pissed and they're looking for their mate and they can't, the female dragons aren't, are insane. Like that's interesting. That's more interesting to me than a car walled city. You know what I mean? So let's talk about what's up with the dragons. You know what I mean? <laughs> like his, and like you said, he didn't really, he couldn't remember anything. So like his part, his point of view is just kind of like, I found my mate and my head is clear now, but I don't remember anything about my own life or even myself. Yeah. And so that's not exactly like super entertaining. You know what I mean? So like, let's, let's go more into this dragon world. And I'm sure she does right in subsequent books but like yeah. for this one it was kind of like all right well okay well i hardly thought of him as a character because i mean he has a conflict in the form of his madness which is shared yeah. by all the dragons right yeah but it's resolved at the beginning of the book yeah i mean largely resolved even though he struggles with it it's not really resulting in sort of anything negative happening because she's helping him kind of keep it in check and then by the end it's just gone basically right. so it, it, that's why I think of him more as a force or, you know, uh, a, a dr just a driving element to her story. So I do think that the the Walden Car City would be interesting if if they made this about humans. You know, if this was a story about humans in a world overrun by dragons, but it's not really. It's just really about one person who's essentially just not to be a not to make a pun here but basically rising above it all and escaping any of the conflict right yeah. um it's it's well, almost like he's this just angel who's basically plucked her out of the struggle yes. and all she really has to do is accept that fate and everything's fine she's golden you know right um, well and his conflict is kind of like I have to get her to stay with me, right? So how do I do that? So yeah, yes, his one of his conflicts is resolved at the beginning, but I, he does have to, without being able to talk, make her stay with him, right? Which is no easy feat when you think about it. She does have a mind of her own. She is kind of scared of him. He is a drag. She is a human. So there is that. But I agree. It's it's a I very weak struggle though, in that he's a dragon, <laughs> and she, he can just go get her it's not really that much of a struggle yeah she's resisting him a little bit a little bit at the beginning uh -huh. but then you know it's made clear that going home is not really an option for her i mean there's just it, it's you know what i mean it's almost yeah, it, no, it's I essentially don't. a setup where she's going to be with him and it's there's no yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> there's no real danger of him losing anything i mean he's even depicted as like not only a dragon but like one of the most badass dragons you know so i mean his own his own people are part of his conflict you know i know those conflicts are resolved so quickly like that dragon comes and he's just like wait a minute let me go talk to him it's gonna be cool and then it's right cool. right so i'm like all right <laughs> crazy how's he even talking to this crazy dragon if they're crazy so i don't know that's why i mean i needed more dragon mm-hmm overall all right well this leads into the main question did you feel that there is true chemistry between the two characters did you believe that they were in love um but by the end i think i can buy i could buy it you know it, in as much as you can buy an alien having an emotion equivalent to love right yeah that it's just it's just hard to say yes to that but i think she was 
yeah she had accepted it and she was into it she wanted to be with him but it's just so hard it's just like the 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 werewolf was a more convincing human than the than the dragon you know what i mean well yeah because the werewolf could talk i mean he spoke the same language it was also from the same world and had lived in you know was living in and among people and hadn't murdered thousands of humans in the recent past that sort of thing sure just a few whatever it was sex offenders or something that i can't remember Sorry, but, <laughs> you know, we were like scandalized that this werewolf killed and ate humans and now this dragon just decimated like <laughs> a ton and it's like it's fine you know what I mean? yeah, no, what no problem it's not his fault right he was mad you know <laughs> madness he didn't know what he was doing he was kicked out of some dragon world I mean, I I, I, once they could communicate, I think it was fine. It was almost I mean, I hate to say it this way, but he's almost like a pet. I mean, he has a mind of his own, but the relationship is more loving. But it almost felt like in the way that uh, he's like, oh, he's a, you know, kind of rough mutt that we keep, you know, in the backyard. And it's like, it's, it's, you know, we love him, but can't really let anyone else near him sort of a thing. Um, That's a great comparison yeah i i had i guess this is what i really had trouble with because i i just didn't believe it i just it it did feel like he was a pet he was like this thing that she kind of had to take care of like she was responsible for keeping him sane and like she was the one who i mean it says that she has to tame him right like he's Mm -hmm. like he is like her pet and so it did that's funny it did feel like that and so it felt like yes he took her out of this world but like it was her who has to kind of like take care of him and like i get like i said they didn't communicate very well and they can't talk to each other out loud and like he did things for her but like it just felt like a robot was doing things and so i i guess that's what truly took me out of it to be honest like it was just like this i just didn't i just didn't care about about either of them to be honest at the end i was just like all right you got some you got some new clothes you got a built like got an apartment all right like, yeah i mean uh, yeah i can understand that i think at the end her reactions to things while not necessarily admirable were at least realistic you know i mean in that essentially she just had to accept the situation and so to some extent she really likes him and in other ways she's kind of this puppy love situation where i mean this is still something i struggle with because i do not really think of any of this as love Uh like the previous novel and this novel this is not what i think of as love this is like passion Uh or you know sort of primal attraction those sort of things the kind of things you experience early on Uh uh-huh in a relationship but are not necessarily love at all not even indicators of love uh-huh. um so that's it's deep, it's it, it's hard to say that it's even romance i mean i get that that's the genre uh-huh. but it's it's mostly about like sex and fashion which right. is fine that's fine that's totally cool i'm not you know i just don't think of it that way right well i think that that's especially in this book definitely i i would tend to agree with that they're not i don't find them to be in in love right like this is this is two people brought together by circumstance. They're fated mates, which is a, like a big trope in, yeah. in romance. Like he, and so there's not a lot of like, we don't see, I mean, like, I guess we see them fall in love. She like slowly kind of humanizes him right throughout the book. And that I think is supposed to be like them kind of 
kind of falling in love, but I didn't totally buy it. And also I wasn't interested in it. I, I mean, like I was more interested in him as a dragon, to be honest. <laughs> it's like, let's fly around some more. That's cool. And so I, I agree that this was less about being in love and, and falling in love and more about just doing it with a dragon. Yeah. But that was the prompt. You know what I mean? I think that yeah, was its reason for being and it, it excelled at that. So yeah, I was cool with it. That said, there are tons of other books that aren't like that where you do feel like they're falling in love. We will get to those at some point, you. Yeah. And nobody will die. Hmm. You'll have you to point me into one of those. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> All right. Was the conflict believable to you? And if you listen to the other podcasts, you know, people... I brought up Hemingway and stuff again. And I, and you will see the woman dies in all of these. So my point is with these romance novels, yes, maybe sometimes it's about sex and passion, but a lot of, most of the time it is about just falling in love and people stay alive and happy. And that's possible in this world. You know what I mean? That's all we're trying to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can get into a debate about what the death and, you know, (laughs) Hemingway novel is about, but all I mean is that, you know, when I read, well, well, what rings true to me about love really has nothing to do with sex at all. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I guess. Yeah. But, but the, the conflict, I think the, like her internal conflict was lumpy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't really, it, she had a very, uh, she had a very clear conflict in that she wanted to get her sister but she was having too much fun boning the dragon. Well, that's why I think it was lumpy and that it didn't, <laughs> it, sometimes it was a conflict and sometimes it wasn't, you know, she, she managed to not think about it a whole lot. <laughs> he was a dragon. What was she supposed to do? Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, like you got your sister back in some terrible situation and you're terrified she's gonna, you know, uh, your inability to act doesn't necessarily take it out of your mind. Or maybe it does. I don't know. I've never been in the situation where I'm faced with a dragon and trying to escape to save my sister. It just (laughs) seemed kind of lumpy. (laughs) And then, well, her struggle was like, do I want to be with this dragon? Right. Uh And I'm also kind of forced into the situation. So I'm going to try to make the best of it, which is like, okay, I'm, I'm going to make this work almost. And then also, I can't be here. I have to go back. But it didn't seem like she had conviction in either one of them at different in different places. Right. So she had conviction to go save her sister occasionally. Mm -hmm. And then she had conviction to stay occasionally, you know, and then she also had this moral conundrum occasionally about being forced into the situation (laughs) and not wanting to be compelled to do things she didn't want to do, you know, but that was only occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, she had to realistically she couldn't get back to her sister immediately right because she would have to traverse this dangerous thing she wasn't allowed back in the city they put her out there to die so Mm -hmm. it wasn't like she could just leave that building and go rescue her sister on her own that's not a possibility it's true so it also she can't leave because dragon's not gonna let her so there's two significant forces keeping her from just going to save her. So she's either at that point going to like just accept it and deal with it, which she ends up having to do, or she's going to complain about it the whole time, which she also does. So <laughs> it's true. 
It's so those true. are the things <laughs> that happen. And she uh, and she gets some respite when she's boning the dragon. So that's kind of what we're left with. Right. Um, but it, it begs the question of like, what what is the utility of boning the dragon? Right. You know, is it because she's into him or is he just trying to forget? I, I don't know. It was just weird to me. <laughs> just I mean, it's a weird situation. So it's hard to really, you know. But. Can a girl just not have fun in a post-apocalyptic world? <laughs> you're going to take that away from her? She's living in a bus. <laughs> Let this, her this have something. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I mean, uh, what other choice did she have? Otherwise, he would kill her, right? I mean, that was what she thought. This dragon, if she doesn't do what it wants... It's going to either kill her or it's going to go to the city, burn it down again, and kill her, possibly kill her sister. So she has to take one for the team, literally the dragons. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is true, except she does go back. You know, I, I don't know. I get it. I get where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. It just seemed to run hot and cold on in several different areas. That's all. Right. No, I mean, it's, listen, <clears throat> it's not perfect, but the course of true love never is. You know what I mean? So we're going to get... <laughs> true love. <laughs> um, yeah. Between, you know, loving a dragon is difficult. So you got to cut her some... Yeah. And we kind of talked about his conflict or kind of lack of conflict and it was all believable. I got it. It just, it did seem like you said to come and go. And also I just, I just don't know that I, I cared. You know well, I mean? that, about him, if you're talking about him, I just didn't care at all. Yeah. I mean, his, when they start talking to each other, you learn a lot from him. That's good. That's helpful. And you start to, but he's just like, the parallels between this novel and the previous one are so tight. It's it, uh-huh. I, it was very interesting, uh-huh. um, but yeah, he's more of a force than really anything. It just it just didn't matter. I gotcha. You know, he could have been an angry dragon or a, like super sweet dragon, and it wouldn't have changed anything. You know what I mean? <sighs> yeah, I guess I I think that I don't know. I think that he was like he didn't. We didn't know his personality, and I guess that was part of the problem. Like, and also the allure. Of, of male characters like he was he his only thing that he wanted to do was please her at a certain point i'm like you understand how that would be attractive to somebody like all he wants to do is make sure he everything he does is to get her to stay with him. and like yeah. that's compelling for uh, a lady you know just like take away all of my decisions just like i you know that would be great I feel needed. I feel like, you know, whatever. I think that that's easy kind of to, to see. So I don't know. All right. In your uh, opinion, was the sex satisfying or well-written? When is it hotter than you thought or hotter than the other romance novel? that you- It was, I thought, better than the previous novel. Yeah. I thought considerably better and that it wasn't just, I mean, it was weird and that it was the context of a dragon and a person or whatever, but uh-huh. um, yeah. I mean, I thought the buildup was interesting, you know, super idealized. Don't get me wrong, but that's fine. You know, so yeah, I thought it was better. I mean, I did not think it was hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think it was depicted a little more interestingly. You know, not. I mean, you didn't think that, that dragon was hot. I mean, like, <laughs> he's a drag. I get it. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> golden scales. It's all those scales, little little baby horns. Six feet tall or seven feet tall, right? Seven feet. Is that right? Seven feet tall. 
little baby horns. Um, there is, I just, I also, like I said before, I mean, this rarely happens to me. I got tired of this. I mean, like I got tired. Oh, it's like, again, how how much is this going to happen? Cause like, again, there wasn't, and it was filler because they couldn't talk to each other. Right. So I missed like it was just like oh i want you i can see that you want me let's do this and i was like i i don't i don't care <laughs> so that was just kind of how i felt about it but yeah i think that she does a great job i think she's a great writer i'm not i don't have any beef with anything anything there but um yeah. i thought they were well crafted i thought i did think they were hot um but i you know i read a lot of hot romance novels <laughs> Well, maybe maybe it's a maybe it's just still new and interesting to me, just because this is not the sort of thing that I that I read. But I I do think it, there was repetition in it. You know, like again, cutting fifty pages out of this would have tightened it up a lot. You know. Well, I'm. That's interesting that you think it's hotter than the other one, and there. And I guess there's just in volume there is a lot more than the novella, obviously. Right. And they just got right to it. Right. So unlike the other one where there is like they kissed and then there's like the hand stuff for oral and then they actually have sex. This is just like, boom, we're doing it. You know, I'm a dragon. I'm not playing around. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple scenes where he's like trying and she's telling him no. Right. Which is that a trope, too? Because that seems to be like a consistent thing where. Yeah. I mean, she can't just give it up. Okay, so it's not how girls work. (laughs) Okay, All right. Just making sure. But. I mean, yeah, there were a few of those. And then, yeah, after that, it's just whatever. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. Uh, did you find them interesting at all? I mean, like, just, like I found myself, I skimmed them. I But I read a lot of stuff. So, like, is it, like, something you're interested in? I mean, like, what is, like, how do you feel about it, about them? About the sex scenes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it's it's hard to say i'm I'm not i maybe i'm just not reading them the right i don't even know how to say this like i'm not reading them right but i'm like essentially trying to understand romance <laughs> so when i'm reading them part of me is like taking a step back and saying like wh- why is it why is it laid out this way you know i'm trying to like po- po- like okay for instance th- there were a couple scenes where she says no yeah and each time it seems to get closer and eventually she makes the decision yes but still puts it off longer and things like that. And I'm like, what, what is the psychological sort of like impulse that's going on here to make, to drag it out like this? And, and I, I guess it, it just seems like, you know, it's inevitable. So it's almost like delayed gratification. I mean, again, not, not trying to make a pun here, but um, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to read it as a form, but yeah. So I just don't, I'm not like reading it as it's not sexy basically to me well i think that it's delayed because i think on some level you want to have an emotional connection with that other person and i think at the beginning it's too soon and she doesn't feel that way and also he's a dragon they can't talk to each other so like even though she might be physically attracted we're still waiting to get have some semblance of that emotional connection and regardless of what romance novel you read that's essentially what you're waiting for is for them to find some common ground for a spark to happen for that emotional connection to be engaged right so that's 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 why it's delayed i I mean i i understand that but the problem i see with it again just maybe it's my perspective and i'm stupid or obtuse about this but there 
there never is like a real connection to me, right? The the sort of Im- the thing that's drawing them together is established in like the first 10 pages. And then, yes, they get to know each other a little bit more. But the thing that's drawing together is still that same force. It's still the sort of like animal instinct of the male character. Right. And her physical attraction to him, the proximity of him, the sort of aura that he exudes. It's not really about them knowing each other in any sort of like deep meaningful way so that that kind of like closeness that you're talking about doesn't actually happen there's a proxy in the form of sexual closeness well okay but there are levels to emotion right i mean just because they're like you can have an emotional connection without it being like a deep one i mean you can be a a, have an emotional connection to someone and be sexually attracted to them and have that be enough. And that's essentially what draws you together. And then once you are having that physical connection, then the emotional connection becomes deeper. And I think that that's like the point of it, right? All of these sex scenes are meant to bring them closer together. And I understand what you're saying that the, what we find in real life or whatever is there's, you're looking for that like what are what is attracting them right like what is it about each other that's actually attracting them and you're right i didn't find that in this book either that's why i was not very interested in it because they can't like i said they can't communicate they're in a i hate post-apocalyptic worlds generally (laughs) okay I'm not into them. Well, because like it's just a wasteland, and like there's no there's no nuance in a po- post-apocalyptic world. You're just trying to survive, right? And so those finer thick points, like finer emotions, and like why we fall in love with someone, and those slow burning things that take that happen over time, tend to be missing in these things, right? You are just with somebody because you're in this situation together and it has Mm -hmm. very little to do with the person you've crafted throughout a long you know uneventful not (laughs) post-apocalyptic life you know what i mean right this person you've been allowed to craft in this cushy life that we all are able to live right yeah so i definitely agree that that was missing from this book but Again, between post-apocalyptic world and the fact that he's a dragon, I still think she did a pretty good job of it, and the sex was still was still good. I but yeah, I I I I see what you're saying. I would be I will be interested to know what it would take to get you to feel like they're truly falling in love. So we'll explore that. Uh, well, I will. Like I said, I do think near the end when. I mean, I know there was supposed to be some sort of external conflict at the end and sort of a climax to the story and everything. That part was kind of fizzled out to me. But their interactions together where they're almost like, I mean, for lack of a better perspective, newlyweds. Sure. That seemed, you know, their preoccupation with each other and everything did ring truer. But it's just so weird to read two novels back to back in the romance. I mean, it's just not, maybe it's just not my bias and expectation is wrong coming into this. But they essentially depict arranged marriages where it's not really about like falling in love and then consummating the relationship. It's about, Hey, we're going to get into this relationship and then we're going to figure it out. And that could be, that could result in love and it could not. And it just never reached the love point to me, you know? I gotcha. Well, and and it's interesting that you say that because the, both of the books that you've read, we have are, they have had that faded mates trope. Right. 
so they're not it's gonna it is gonna be like that insta love and gotcha. like you're mine and this is us and like it's that it's the female it's that fantasy of like all decisions kind of decisions are taken away from me right and that's like one of uh, that's a female fantasy right like I don't have to think about this. This is right. just the way it is. And so that's interesting. And so perhaps that trope is just not what you're what you're into. What was the other book you'd picked Magic Bites, I think? I think that will be that'll be more Okay. But I think that this Faded Mates thing and Insulove is kind of a hallmark of these kind of animal paranormal hmm. books. Like anything that has an animal <laughs> like there is this mating thing, you know what right. I mean? That's kind of kind of. I don't know that this the hand gesture I'm making <laughs> makes any sense. It's just <laughs> interlocking fingers. That doesn't mean right, anything. Right, but, right, right. Um, okay, so did we've kind of touched on this, but did you think this book was funny? Yeah, yeah. Very. I think that it was intentionally funny in the campy sense, and then um, it was also potentially un <laughs> unintentionally funny in places. I don't know. <laughs> It's hard to to know. Like, uh, I liked the tone. I'll say that I liked the way it was written. I liked the tone. I liked the way that things were conveyed. You know, characterization of folks was pretty hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> I think that she knew. Yeah, she definitely knew exactly what she was doing. She said, "I'm gonna write." She tasked herself with writing a story about a dragon and of actual female, and she. Th- it was that was in itself is hilarious yeah and then she went so far as to just see it through and like what is this what would this actually be like (laughs) and committed to it and i really appreciated it i thought it was hilarious but it's like one of those things like where like the idea is super funny but like seeing it played out wasn't as funny for me like I thought it was funny but like I wasn't super engaged with it you know what I mean yeah it's just one of those like it's like a funny thing to think about but is it funny in in practice you know what I mean yeah I I think it was just there weren't enough scenarios and set pieces like either trim it way down yeah and tighten it up so that the the three or four things that played super well are shine and there's really no filler Right. Or, you know, flesh it out and give it some more meat on the bone. And then, uh, yeah, you know, play with some of the other ideas and make fun of those things, too. Yeah, yeah I feel like there is a lot of opportunities for, for funny things. And some of them kind of kind of were passed by. And and I, I think I think if it weren't a, a, I think it would be funnier if it weren't a post-apocalyptic world. If like this was just like a, a girl who was, you know, spending weekends at the Cheesecake Factory or whatever it was she said that she did before the the apocalypse. And like, all of a sudden, she's got to like contend with this dragon. Like, I think that's funnier than like the survival aspect, right? I understand that like she has to explain why the dragons are there. But do you really? I mean, like just <laughs> dragons are here. Like, that's fine. I'll buy it. Like, whatever it's dragons you know they're magic they can just appear wherever i don't know if they need so i I think that like there was a seriousness to it that like kind of impeded on the campiness to me but i still think it was overall just super super fun agree all right so there were some secondary characters in this book what did you think about them well they were very minor the sister was extremely minor 
Yeah, we like never. She was such a huge part of this book. Yeah. Like we barely got any time with her at all. Yeah, I. I in, in fact, I kept thinking, oh, we're gonna like spend some time with her, you know, but we didn't. I. I mean, maybe this is a cynic in me, but I have a sneaking suspicion that that was intentional. That that my guess is after the ending of the book that there will be other books that kind of focus on those characters. Yeah. And so my guess is that that was at least in part intentional. There was another character. Was it? Was her name Sasha, maybe? Sasha or Sophie or something like that? Yeah, mm-hmm. I the the little bit that I saw of her, I really liked her. Yeah, you know, like the scene in the bus. Yes. After Claudia, after Claudia sneaks back in, you know, that exchange was like was like one of the truest. It just rang as one of the truest moments out of anything in the book. Right. I really liked her as a character, mm-hmm. and yeah, did not like how it how her character was resolved in this book at all. That was like not satisfying at all <laughs> so um yeah. but i liked her um a lot mm-hmm. the sister i wish i'd gotten to know better yeah. the dragon whatever you know i mean i consider him a sec i mean i know he's not a secondary character but he might as well be you know the but all, the the only thing the only other thing is that every single male character other than the dragon is just an absolute despicable monster you know yeah. um which I found. How does that feel when you, so like I read like most of the time female character, I mean, look, look, these are generalizations. I'm not an expert, but I will say that like for most of my life, and this is why I started reading romance. And I've said it before is that all female characters generally are like kind of shitty, like not like jerk people, but just like shrill or boring or like milk sops and like so how does it feel to read a book and so i'm you know you just deal with that but like how does it feel to read a book where all the men are d-bags except for a mythical dragon well it's it's one of those things well yeah i mean lots of female characters are depicted in the way you're describing but often in contrast to other female characters that are not Uh you know and very often that's the case with male characters too. There's total despicable male characters in contrast to completely non-despicable male characters and, and everything in between, right? You know, some people are heroes, some people are not. Some people are weak, some people are strong. I think I do think that historically women are depicted as being far weaker on average, right? Um, but there is, it's typically in contrast, you know? Um, you say typically, but even... Why is it, this is not a conversation for this venue, but I will say that, yes, there's sometimes there's contrast, but the the way females are depicted when there are contrasting things like that, it, it's so two-dimensional as to be insulting and laughable. So like that is typically what ends up irritating me, but it's neither here nor there for this conversation, but I understand what you're saying. To an extent, I agree but we'll just say that and you can right so the so even like you know a lot of i i do think it's true that the what is the test where it's like two women bechdel bechdel that's right the bechdel test right so that's a legitimate thing right Mm -hmm. you should have female characters that are not preoccupied solely with male characters yeah um but even in that context where like they're just bickering over a guy there'll be some contrast between them so it's a bad situation. It's not a great characterization either way, but there's a dynamic where you kind of see sort of two sides of a similar coin kind of thing. Mm-hmm. In this novel, 
It's just the contrast is between human males uh-huh. and a fan and what's essentially an angel. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like an almost godlike figure. And it is it's stating effectively <laughs> that in tough situations, the real monsters are men mm-hmm. and that women need some sort of other thing that's better. Uh-huh. Um, so not exactly casting a great light. So I would have liked to have seen you can depict every man as being like less than savory, but some contrast would have probably helped because there's no, I mean, none of the, there's no downside to going with the dragon at all. Right. They give up nothing. These women give up nothing by essentially abandoning humanity to go live with, you know, go live with angel gods with, you know, giant wieners or whatever. (laughs) I don't remember him having a giant wiener. I mean, I guess I assumed it because he was a dragon. But I don't know that she characterized it that way. (laughs) She does several times. (laughs) (laughs) I read a lot. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it's not like I'm coming across books where they're like, yeah, it was average. Or yeah. (laughs) Well, I know it's all idealized. You know, he's seven feet tall and, (laughs) you know, ripped or whatever. Uh But I think that that's interesting. I think that, yeah, I'm kind of, I actually kind of appreciate that she did that that all men are just yeah that all men are jerks i think that that's i mean i'm sorry to you but no i mean it's it's, hilarious it is what it is but it's very like there's a there's kind of a current movement Mm -hmm. like with men which is very incel like what is what is it called uh men go their own way make something like that something men go it's essentially like men are like there's a faction of men which are essentially like, we give up, screw it. We're not interested in women anymore. We're just going to let go off and do our own thing. And we don't really care. Right. There needs to be something better than actual women. Right. And that is pretty despicable. And this had similar vibes. That's all. Right. You like know. that guy who married a hologram. <laughs> I have not heard of that one. <laughs> I have not heard of that. Yeah. And at first I was like, oh God, here we go. Whatever. Then I was like, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, (laughs) just somebody who is programmed to tell you like what you want. Right. And at some level, that's like all that's like what I mean, not really, but that's like what we all on some level think that we want. Right. It's just a person who is like a reflection of all the things that we think we want. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it was one thing that. I thought was happening in the novel mm-hmm. was so she she's made bait for the dragon or whatever and this the, like whatever the captain whatever idiot's name is takes her that guy I thought was like sort of, it seemed to be that he was torn about what he was doing right uh-huh. right I thought that that what we were setting what she was setting up was that there would be a conflict of the captain actually cares for her. And is like her choice of staying with humanity and finding some path there uh-huh. and then go or going with the dragon. And it's like, if she goes with the dragon, that's okay. That's a choice. She says, there's something of value here, but there's something of more value there. And so I'm going to go with the, you know, the ideal or my fated mate. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought that was what was being set up. And then it just never happened. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I was just like, eh. You you were really pulling for humanity, Gio. I was pulling for humanity, so there was, I'm, I'm sorry. I have the the bias of not not angel, you know, god angels or whatever. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I feel the opposite. I was like, once the dragons introduced, I don't even care about the human anymore. 
I don't even go back to Dallas. Like, <laughs> just stay in this abandoned. I was kind of irritated, to be honest, like irrationally irritated by the fact that they kept going back to that building that didn't have, that was like an office building. Yeah. I was like, you're with a dragon. Like, just go, just go somewhere cool. Like, what is up? <laughs> like, I just didn't understand. I just it felt like they were just going back to this office building to have sex all the time. And I was like, get some stuff done. You know what I mean? Get a yeah. home. Get somewhere to at least, like, get your sister, at, like, when you get her, like, to have some place to go. Like, set up something. Like, you've got this dragon. Let's be proactive about your life here. You know, I right. understand you're you're digmatized at this point and like his skills or whatever, but like let's come on, Claudia. Let's get it together. I've got, you know, you've got a whole you've got a whole world of stuff that's yours now. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. You're with a dragon. There's no money in this world. You can literally do anything. And you're just like sitting in this office building, like, come on. Yeah. You don't even have to fear other dragons anymore. Mm-mm. So I just felt like it was a missed opportunity. Anyway, so as we've said, this is written in first person point of view from both main characters and kind of alternating chapters. Did the the male point of view seem realistic to you? No, should have cut the whole thing. (laughs) It is interesting to me. And I'm so glad that I started asking this question. But like most guys have not been interested in the male point of view at all. It just doesn't matter, you know. <laughs> truer words have never been truer words. That's hilarious. Why? I understand it in this book. I do, but explain. The, the these or I mean, I've only read two of these novels, and and very similar novels, but they they have no conflict. There's there's nothing. For, they're not evolving as characters. They just have a goal mm-hmm. in in securing this, you know, mate, you know, fated mate or whatever. Right. And so they're just they're just willing to do whatever it takes. And if that means being patient, if that means pushing and prodding, if that means, you know, going off and doing some task that she needs them to do, then they're just like, cool, willing to do it, no problem. I mean, they could just like I think you said it, they could just be robots, basically. Right. Uh-huh. Um, so who cares what they think? You know, uh-huh. they're they're not driving anything except being a force that keeps the woman focused on forcing her to make a decision. That's it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So who cares? <laughs> so, <laughs> so who cares? I mean, but like that is part of like what I think I like about these novels and, and other women is that, like I've mentioned before, the, the allure of fated mates is not having to make a decision. So it's, fun i think to see as you said before in the other novel one of the things you said was that he is so sure right Mm -hmm. and in this dragon was very sure right that she was the one and so i think that's a thing we all feel when we're thinking about you know who we're going to spend our lives with like there are questions there are things we don't know there are you know, how is this going to work? And so to have that kind of, to have someone who is just completely all those questions are gone, like that's very attractive, right? For anybody to like not have to, to not have to wonder what if, 
right? To have that kind of taken away. Like that in itself, about anything, about life, is is a fantasy. It's like a calming thing to think about, right? Like I don't need to, this is almost not even, yes, I have the decision to accept this, but like I don't have to wonder about how the other person feels. And that's so lovely, right? To not have to wonder. And like eventually, you know, I've been in a, a relationship for 15 years. I could give a fuck what he feels now. You know what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like do whatever you like, whatever I'm like, what it's been too long. Like, do what you're going to do. But, like, in the beginning, to, like, not have to wonder about that is is nice. So I think that that's kind of what this male perspective is, like, allowing us to kind of spend time in, right? To, like, have that assurance. And that's really attractive to, to people, I think. So It's think just weird still. to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, like I, I know... You, I get what you're saying, but I've never had that thought in my life ever. I don't think mo- maybe I'm, I'm maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but I don't think most men think of that as being attractive. The idea of someone just knowing and the decision being taken away and that it being a comforting idea. That's not what not, I would characterize as a comforting idea. Not the decision being taken away because she's still making an active decision to be with him. She has a choice. What I'm saying is her wondering about how he feels is take, like she knows, right? It, he has made his feelings very clear. He wants her. They're mated. That is like she doesn't have to wonder how he feels about her. She knows. And that is very comfortable. But he doesn't read as choice. I mean, he's not really giving her a choice, right? I mean, she could throw herself off a building or something like that. That's true. You know? right. I mean, there is that. And There's essentially no life without him for her. The second that he meets her, that's it. And it's about just accepting the reality as opposed to choosing. I mean, she could. I mean, I guess she could leave, though. I, I don't know. I guess you're right. He I would mean, just find it, her, though, right? In this dragon world, I suppose that's right. But in general, <laughs> what I'm describing is there's there's choice on her part involved. Yeah, so maybe it's just my exposure to the special case of this particular trope, but it just seems odd. Yeah, well, I don't I find it comforting. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting because you have been with your wife since like you were in your teens. So yeah. like you would think that that feels like a faded mate situation. I mean, like you met and like you have been together this entire time. Like that is not a thing that happens to a lot of people so like that you i feel like you guys were probably i don't know at what point you knew that like this was going to be it but you were married when i met you like mm-hmm. however many ahem years ago <laughs> so like um, yeah this is why these things don't ring true to me though i mean it took years you know uh-huh. years for me to think that i mean i you know i met we met when I was 15, uh, but we didn't get married until I was out of college, you know? Right. But so. still you married before most people. Well, I guess you're in the South now. So people <laughs> marry younger there. <laughs> but <laughs> they do. It's true. They just. It's true. It's very true. Yeah. But still you married more earlier than anybody I have known. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. 
I don't know what point I'm trying to make here other than like, you know when you know, right? I don't know. Sometimes you know sooner, sometimes yeah. Sometimes it takes time. Anyway, okay. yeah. I'm sorry that you're not into these male P- POVs. <laughs> Maybe we'll get there. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if we wrote, if there was a male character that could not be replaced with a, a calculator, <laughs> sure. Uh. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, Gio, you have read two romance novels now. Mm-hmm. The first one was Mating the Huntress by Talia Hibbert. Do you see any similarities and did you prefer one over the other? There are many, many similarities between these two books. Uh-huh. I would say the structure of the book was very similar. Which is in- something you will probably find across romance. Romance has a very, um, not rigid, but recognizable structure, right? They meet. Mm-hmm. Some things happen, they do it. Yep. All in love. There's they can't for some reason they might not be able to be together and they figure it out and the world is magic. Sure. Right. That magic element, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh yeah, there were there were a bunch. I, I I noted a few. Let me see here. So characterization of the idealized man, those were very similar. Uh-huh. Even in terms of sort of the the dynamic of a male being a container for violence, but also sort of innocent simultaneously. So that from afar, they can kind of be cute. Uh-huh. <laughs> but up close, there's like an animal quality to them that's sort of threatening, but also attractive. So I, th- I think those things were similar. Uh-huh. They're both driven by impulses rather than any sort of thought process. They're not really driven. I mean, they have thought processes, don't get me wrong, but that's not what's driving them. It's more of, I internally know my animal self knows, you know, a, a truth about that. You're the one for me rather than like, I've gotten to know you at all, you know? Okay. Um, so that characterization and of, of like an idealized version of a man was similar. Mm-hmm. Right. The inner struggle for the woman to commit. Mm-hmm. Very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Even like the elements that created the structure. You right. know, this male is a, a threaten, threatens my people kind of a thing. And so, uh-huh. you know, there's a destructive force in the world. Yeah. Um, Back, okay. Backing up just a second. When you say, how does it, so you, what was the first thing you said that the men are containers for violence? Yeah. But how also, that- also innocence in that they're, otherworldly and don't you know they don't necessarily have control over that so they can kind of be cute and endearing (laughs) but also threatening and sexually interesting you know so how does that does that make you feel any certain way as a as as a dude to have read two books now where like women have written like we like guys that are like maybe you does that Maybe you, maybe you are extrapolating from this, like, oh, it's okay for me to be violent if I don't like really mean it, right? If it's not like, at what level is it? Oh, is violence okay? Do, I mean, are those thoughts that enter your head while you're reading? Yeah, stuff? yeah. I mean, for sure, mm-hmm. because both the previous novel, which was what was it, mating the hunt, yes, mating, mating the huntress, I think is what it was. Yeah, sorry. In both the previous novel and this novel. Mm-hmm there is a perception of these male characters as being innately violent and threatening to humanity. Right. They, and and it's proven. They have been animals, 
Right. It, yeah, it's true. But they're they're proxies for, you know, like a man that you might want. Right. So they are not only characterized, but they're sort of proof in it that there's a history of them doing these terrible things. And then as the woman gets to know them, there's some sort of revelation about them that excuses the behavior. Right. And that is we that is very unsettling to me. I find that extremely I don't get that at all. Uh-huh. I understand the idea of depicting men as being conflicted and that they're simultaneously violent like there's a there's a potential for violence from them because broadly speaking they're larger and stronger and more violent than women. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that from afar they're kind of innocent, innocent because I think that it's acknowledging the idea that men really very often have no idea what women are thinking or doing and are trying to figure it out in the moment. Uh-huh. And a lot of women seem to find that endearing. And so uh-huh. so to some extent, it makes sense that that dynamic happens. And to some extent, it makes sense that it's exaggerated because, you know, that's where you get drama, right? You exaggerate all these things. Uh-huh. But it is very weird to the to the extent it goes in that, like, in the previous novel, you have werewolves that are eating people. And murdering indiscriminately and are essentially rabid animals. And then in this one, you have a species Mm -hmm. that has come to Earth accidentally through no fault of their own, or or, or, or seemingly so, and have literally destroyed humanity. Humanity is on the brink of extinction (laughs) because of this violence. (laughs) And then it's excused. It's excused because... They come through and our world screws up with that, screws up their mental state. Right. And so because they're screwed up, oh, it's not, it's not his fault. It's fine. You know, he's, he's not like the other dragons kind of a thing. Uh It's very bizarre that these are the idealized states. But the the only other thing that seems to be comparable between the two novels is that the um, redeeming quality of both characters is that they have somehow overcome this violence, like overcoming the innate violence is the redeeming quality in them. The thing that I don't like is that it excuses all of the past violence. That is not great. That's not a good message <laughs> for anyone, male or female at all. Right. You know? Well, I like I, I will say again, I don't, this only works when they are animals, right? It doesn't work at all, but. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But I, I think that, I mean, if we're looking at, I think that's interesting, first of all. So I appreciate the parallel and the thoughtfulness. And so I think about this too, and I wonder something that conflicts me with kind of romance novels is the extent to which we are tr- like when I first started reading and writing romance it felt empowering to treat men like women are treated as objects right mm. but at somewhere along the line that starts to feel not as good right because you don't want to treat other people the way that they've treated you right so there is that like line like where where does this start? becoming uh, troublesome and de- in the way we are depicting masculinity right so i understand these concerns i do think that as you say they didn't work but i do think it becomes more acceptable 
because they're animals, because they're not humans who are being violent, right? It's the animal that's being violent, right? And I understand what you're saying that it's still not acceptable, but this doesn't wouldn't necessarily happen in a non-animal romance for that reason because it is troublesome, right? Because we shouldn't glamorize male violence in any form, right? So, so so my understanding, what you're saying is that there's sort of an editorial oversight that in certain genres where there's a, the, the, the male, whatever stand in, mm-hmm. you know, calculator <laughs> is, a, <laughs> is not really a man is not a human man that, that it, mm-hmm. there's sort of an understanding that it's not a depiction of men. But if you were to have this exact same story, but it was like a historical novel and we were talking about like an invading, you know, country, maybe this exact same story takes place in some, you know, imperialist, whatever setting Mm -hmm. that that same level of violence would not, you would not characterize the main character as that? Well, not in Or not excuse it rather. I don't know. Maybe that's what I'm stating. Well, I guess- there, it's can't be comparable because a I, a like it could like if there was a war, for instance, and a man killed a lot of people in a war, like that's acceptable, right? We accept that as just a society and as a civilization, and that's the only like. But if a man just killed a bunch of people like a serial killer, no. That's not acceptable in 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 a romance novel, and I guess that's the only that's the only thing that would be comparable to the number of people that these animals in these books have killed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like no. Yeah. The only pushback I have there is that these men are depicted as well. I mean, they're not men. I get that, but they're depicted as idealized versions of men, which are essentially better than real men. Well, right, because they. Because I think the ideal is that somebody is, I might have this wrong, but I think that the ideal is that like there is this person who can be protection, but also, right, like innocent, like you said, and right. endearing. And you'll like, obviously he has to be, right? He has to have some sort, maintain some sort of innocence and endearment if he's to have this other side, like that's the way we're kind of balancing these two things to make it not, ex- I mean, like it's not acceptable in a real world, but this is obviously just fiction. So like, this right. is, these are the t- trade-offs that we're kind of making. Right. So, um, yeah, it, I get it. I do. Yeah. It's the trade-off is fairly unbalanced. <laughs> I would say in the, in the context of, you know, okay. So we have some small number of dragons. Right. which are, you know, God, angel, better versions of men, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay with this, you know, that have essentially ended the human race. So they're all worse than Hitler, essentially, in that context, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. But because he's got cute affectations, <laughs> it's like, it's all right. Or or he's been settled down by a woman. I don't know. It's just, just well, but he didn't strange. Know, but also there's the element that he didn't know what he was doing. He it's was, true. in fact, mad when he was doing that stuff so yes he decimated lots of humans but he wasn't aware of his behavior right and so on on some level is it really his fault like did he really was there malice and intent behind killing these people and we know that intention is means a lot like that accounts for a lot 
That's very true. I think it's easy for her to say, I dig his scales. He's protecting me. He didn't really mean to kill all those people. He's going to save my sister. All right. (laughs) All right. I think it's fair. <laughs> but look, I, I just, it. I just want to keep it in. Con- it's, it's. Imp- I think it's important to keep it in the context of these characters are pitted against normal men. Essentially, the choice is between whatever this is, you know, on the side of this paranormal creature, right. and then just actual humans. You know, right? Fair, but but now that he is not mad. I will point out he has not killed humans except the ones that were a threat to her. So you can imagine that like she's cool with it. She's like, all right. Well, and I, I does, can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And she does urge him when she, they go to save her sister, like, hey, don't kill these people. And he doesn't. So. Right. It's, but it's not because he values their lives or cares at all. It's right. purely because she asked him not to do it. Right. Well, is that not. That's not <laughs> is that not enough? I get, you know what? <laughs> you know, I concede that one. That actually is enough. <laughs> I mean, the humans have already proved themselves awful. So, like, I don't care if they, like, kill them. I don't care. They're they're jerks. They, <laughs> okay. would, they would rape and pillage her. One is raping Sasha or Sophie or whatever her name is. Kill them. I don't care. Yeah. Dragon, do it. So, like, I, you know... What am I supposed to care about these people just because they're human? I don't care about. I know I don't care. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not. It's not those specific right. humans. My point is that he doesn't value human life at all, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it could be some. He he. Without her asking him not to kill people, it could be the the jerk that's raping people, but it could also be the the victim. He wouldn't make a different distinction between those two. Well, but honestly, we don't know what he values, to be honest. Like after the madness, now that he's like an actual like person, we don't really know what he values. And the fact was that those people that he would have killed while Claudia was trying to save her sister, they were a threat to her. So no, he did not value them. But outside of that, we don't actually know how he feels about you. I mean, maybe you read something in the narration that I didn't or his point of view that I didn't, but I don't think you can definitively say he doesn't care. We don't really know. I mean, like he's not super familiar with not being mad at this point. You know what I mm. mean? And he doesn't kill anybody while he's with her in just for fun. And so I don't know. I don't know if that, I don't know. Maybe he does. So yeah. It's true. It's hard so to say. I don't know, but I I hear what you're saying. I I I get it. Did you prefer one of these books over the other? I preferred. It's hard to say. They're very similar. Yeah. <laughs> I think that. Hmm, I think I preferred the first one. Really. Yeah, because it was tighter as a novel, uh-huh. much uh, literally, much 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 tighter. Mm-hmm. I do think that this one there was just so much more to this one, so that you know that works in its favor. Mm-hmm. But I thought that the other one was funnier, you know, mm-hmm. and because there's dialogue, right? They talk to each other, so yeah. there's like it was funnier. They were yeah. funnier with each other, right? Yep, yeah. And so I I felt that there was more to go on there, you know. I mean, neither of them, we've been through this a million times. Neither of them are super ring true to me or anything, but I I did prefer that one. I liked Claudia, I think, better in this one. Okay, so I agree with that. I I liked Claudia as a character Mm -hmm. better, but I think I liked the previous novel better. Yeah. 
I can get behind that. All right. Well, it's interesting how similar you found them. And I think that that is, there are a lot of similarities in, in paranormal. All right. So we're going to change it up. Okay. We're going to do some quick categories now. So Gio, what do you think, what was the hottest moment in this book for you? The first tentative sex scene, I think it was in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. The public bathroom really did it for you, huh? Because it just, it just tapered off after that, basically, you know? I mean, it was like you knew it was coming and, you know, like, uh, so, you know, I don't even think they did anything really in the first one, but that just what seemed the most interesting. Fair enough. All right. I didn't really have one. I thought it was all, I thought, I guess that first one, I guess I agree because I was like, I was like, how's this dragon? What's up? What's up with a dragon penis? Yeah. I didn't know. And then I was like, all right, I get it. Does it breathe fire too? Oh yeah. I forgot. <laughs> Maybe like poisons her, And I was like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> oh that's a weird one too the whole like biting that happened in both novels too i'm like so i don't know yeah interesting know. people like to be bit i guess and like this was like the describing like the venom that he injected into her and i was like i don't, I don't yeah. know what does it do she's just sick i don't, I don't get it I don't like know. i guess it just lets him talk to her <laughs> I guess. for us and to communicate i have to bite the crap like, out of you yeah <laughs> She really, and she got mad at that biting more than anything else, which I found confounding. Honestly. Yeah. Like, I was that like. Was, I, I'm with you on that one. I was very, like, really, out of all the things, this is the, this is the, <laughs> this is the straw that broke the camel's back. You just can't handle that the dragon dude bit you one time. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. But, you know, whatever. We all have our lines in the sand. You know what <laughs> <I mean>? <laughs> <laughs> all right. What did you think was the sweetest, most romantic moment? Um, again, I mean, I don't really see any of this stuff as romantic. <laughs> what is romance to you? Let's talk about that. I mean, like, what do you need? Do you need, like, does he need to write her a poem? I no. Mean, what do you <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. What it, I've just, I've been in a very, I've been in one relationship for a very long time. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe my horizons are narrow. I don't know. But... It just, I don't know. I think of uh, things are romantic when they develop naturally. You know, it's the, it's all the small things. It's not, sure. it's not these big dramatic moments. It's not the, you know, crazy sex scenes. I mean, that stuff's fun. Don't get me wrong. You know, like it's great, but that's not really what makes it romantic. You don't need any of that for things to be romantic. It's, you know, this feels like a William Carlos Williams refrigerator <laughs> note. <laughs> Moment. I'm sorry, but that's how I feel about it. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read that poem? The no. uh, okay, and about the it's basically just read it. It really pissed me off. Anyway, all right. <laughs> Fair enough, Gia. You want you want every day. You just maybe we need to find you like a small town romance where they're like just walking the dog together. You know what I mean? Maybe, but, maybe that, maybe that's my romance novel. Actually, letting life unfold. You yeah, know? maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe if I wrote a romance novel, it would just be the most boring romance <laughs> novel ever conceived by anyone. Maybe that's what no. it is. No, no. It's, look, romance is not boring in any form. Like that's the lesson here that should be learned. Like these are high, high concept paranormal books. So like, yes, they're not going to focus on like those smaller things, right? These are faded mate insta love tropes, like I said. So mm -hmm. There's so many subgenres of romance. And so 
a lot of them are just two people who meet in a town and nothing extraordinary happens. It's just them falling in love, right? And how that happens, all these small little things and little conversations. And that's not boring at all. That's just as exciting as Dragon Dick and it's time. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe I need to try one of those actually then. You know. I'll, look, I'll put it on your list. Okay. <laughs> all right. So biggest objection. Oh, easily the depiction of human men as nothing but abusers and savages. Yeah, I'm not with you on that. I thought that that was accurate. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's funny. All right. (laughs) I mean, but really, I mean, like how many, maybe you don't have, dudes are different with other dudes. But like, like, and I have, like, I'm just talking out of my ass. I'm just being funny here. I have a lot of guys and a lot of guys that have done this podcast that are amazing and lovely and wonderful but I think that for women it is a landmine I think that you know I think it's hard to find people who are not not jerk faces and not and not like overtly jerky but that power dynamic is such that on a certain level, sometimes it's kind of all, sometimes it's just, there's a lot of threats. So anyway, but that's yeah. fun. Well, I mean, it's, you know, like there's the physical threat. Don't get me wrong. So like, I agree, men are a much bigger physical threat than women. But in terms of just characterizing them as savages, essentially, right? With so little moral, such a, such a small moral compass, you know? Because um, if, if just at that element, like the remove, remove the concept of threat, like, Lots of men face the exact same struggle of like, you know, a landmine of just despicable women trying to find their quote unquote, like nice girl or whatever their their idea of what is a nice girl. There's just less of a threat there, you know? Yeah, fair enough. All right. Most relatable moment. Um, it's a good question. Most relatable moment. God, I can't think of <laughs> anything relatable. Not wanting to be naked in public. There you go. Not wanting to be naked outside. Yeah, that was terrifying. Yeah, I was like, that actually, her her whole wanting to find clothes to put on, I was like, yeah. I, I'm with you on that one. 100%. Yeah, that's very true. And she seemed to like, and she, when she found that like um, janitor's jumpsuit or whatever, yeah. and it ripped, I was like devastated. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. <laughs> This poor girl, get her some clothes, just get her a sheet, something. Anyway, all right, biggest lie or misconception about in the in the book? Um, well, I mean, other than being com- entirely comprised of abusers and savages. Sure. Um, I think that they're, the idea, well, this, I mean, again, this could just be biased because I'm just reading these faded mate things, but <laughs> the idea that men are, have this, instinctual compass about who they want to be with they do nobody has that like very it just doesn't really happen i know i mean i have conversations with guys all the time they struggle with this constantly you know about wanting to have a family and about wanting to settle down not knowing if it's the right time and you know very often they're not the one pushing that right it's their girlfriend or whatever who wants them to settle down and they just don't know tons of conversations where like the married men talking to someone who's maybe going to be married you know talking about the pros and cons and the perspective that changes like after you get in a real relationship and get married. I think 
people don't really realize that the commitment can actually change your perspective significantly. They think that they need that change of perspective first, and right. then they commit. I don't think that actually happens as much. The, the, the commitment is more of kind of a leap of faith. You have to make a decision that it's something you want to try and that this is the right person to try it with. And right. then it really changes your sort of internal perspective about what your life is about and what you're trying to accomplish. And I think men struggle with that all the time because there is a pressure that they are accountable for it. Right. And so they don't necessarily want to commit because they know that with that commitment comes an enormous weight of accountability. Mm-hmm. That's what they all talk about. That's what I talk about with them is what is the accountability associated with these commitments? And so this internal idea that, oh, I just know I see someone and I have to go after them and that's what I want. I'm going to commit. That is, is very rare or seems to be very rare. It's not something that men, that level of confidence is just not something that happens very often. Right. And so do you see now that, I mean, I think that that's very true. And so I think that that's why these, this trope is very popular to women because guys very rarely feel confident in this. So like to see that in fantasy is attractive, right? Yeah. I mean, I can see it. It makes sense in that perspective. I don't necessarily like that sort of the avatars of that fantasy are these particular type of men, but I I get that appeal because, you know, there's sort of expectations about, you know, how life will unfold for men and women, you know, women, I mean, broadly speaking, I'm not speaking for all women, you know, want that security. They want somebody who will own those things and men are reluctant to necessarily step into that role until they have to, you know? Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Most annoying moment. All of the repetition of the main characters, like inner dialogue. That was sort of an ongoing annoying thing. I mean, for someone, she spoke a lot, but didn't have a whole lot to say. Put it that way. (laughs) Fair. It was almost, it was sort of interesting in that her inner monologue was about her inner struggle almost exclusively. It wasn't really about the events or what she was seeing or what she was experiencing the moment, which I thought was kind of odd. It was either helping us depict him, you know, seeing him through her eyes, which I think was great. That was actually good, but nothing else. It was like almost she she had nothing but her internal eye for her feelings and then looking at him. And that was it. <laughs> I thought that was weird. I thought it was weird. I... Th- <laughs> I think that's interesting. I, you know, she did get hung up. It was like a constant loop of her, like do them doing it and her feeling guilty that she had forgotten her sister and then worrying about how she was going to get to her sister and then being resentful of him because she made him forget about her sister. And then like ad infinitum, it was this, yeah. like you said earlier this week, and it did, it was like, all right. I just, just come on. So, <laughs> well, there were other, like, that's a bigger loop, mm-hmm. but there were a bunch of really small loops. Like, at the beginning of the book, she kept repeating essentially the exact same thought about, I think it was rape. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I just remember it was the same thought, like, every page, once or twice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I got it. And I understand this is like a big thing to fear. It's not It's not that this isn't a legitimate fear. It's absolutely a legitimate fear. But I remember. 
I remember on 200 words ago, you know. <laughs> All right. This isn't on the list, but favorite thing about overall the novel. Oh, um, my favorite thing was the, the, uh, the premise, like the, I actually really like the dynamic uh-huh. between her and the dragon, them yeah. not knowing how to speak to each other, that, that lack of dialogue, that lack of ability to bridge a gap was cool. I thought that was very cool. And I, I like that it was backed by sort of this, this, I mean, the whole like rift, you know, coming through was, you know, simple, but the underlying principle of them not being able to communicate was sort of backed by where the dragon came from. It's not like this was a fantasy world where dragons always existed or something like that. So it was kind of dragon and fantasy, but also just alien, you know? <laughs> All right. So you like the idea of the novel. I did. Yeah. And then I like the, whatever her name was, Sophie, or I can't remember. She wasn't in the novel nearly enough. Um, yeah. Well, I'm sure she'll have her own book if you want to check it out. Yeah. I'm sure that she does. And I'm sure she's like emotionally wrecked after that that guy. Yeah. So anyway. He all right. Struggling. All right. Wrapping up. So you've read two romance novels now. Yep. How, what are your thoughts about romance in general? Are you digging it? Like, are you excited to read more? Tell me what, what you think. It is interesting. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I would not, I don't know. It's very different from anything I've ever read before. So we'll see how long it takes for that to wear off, you know, that sort of interest in just something new. And it is, I mean, one of the most interesting things is just sort of the the perspective of men. Uh This is, if I were to, if I had made guesses about what, how men would be depicted in these books, I think I would have gotten some things right, but almost, but the vast, the the general themes, I think I would have gotten completely wrong, you know? Like what? What do you think? What would you have gotten? Like the violence, that's what you're- Yeah, yeah, just sort of the, you know, like, I could I could totally understand depicting them in an idealized form, right? Their bodies and things like that. You know, and I could understand the sort of cuteness, but I just, just did not anticipate that like the 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 lead males would have these just absolutely brutal pasts. I mean, having a t- having a rough past is one thing. Oh, he was a criminal and went to jail. Great. Got out and now he's reformed or something. That's one thing, you know. But most of these things are essentially irredeemable. <laughs> <laughs> or would be considered irredeemable in any other context, you know? <laughs> All right. So two romance novels, the violence is what struck you. Anything else after two romance novels? Are you excited to read more? Are you like, oh God, what are you? Are you looking <laughs> forward to anything? Like what? Any final, any other final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I will definitely read more. I'll read more to sort of understand it better. And, and now that like, we've talked and I kind of understand that I've fallen into a particular niche. I think I would like to read some other ones that don't have that, these same tropes sort of embedded in them just to see what they're like. Cause they don't like, at least for me, none of the, neither of these books like ring true. So I'd like to find one that does. It feels like though, that on some level you're only there. I mean, I'll try my best. But they're not going to suffer a lot. You know what I mean? Like, that's the hallmark of male romance. You know what I mean? In, like, Ernest Hemingway and Leo, Tolst- Leo Tolstoy. Like, it's suffering. And, like, that's not what you're going to find in a, in a romance novel, right? 
it, they're just going to, it's just it, like, it's going to have some struggle, but like not a lot. You know what I mean? They're I, just. I don't think that the love is about suffering in those novels. I mean, I think that they're about suffering. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you take something like a farewell to arms, right? Uh-huh. That that's a that's not a love. The love is not about suffering, you know. I mean, does he not suffer because of love at the end? At the end, yeah. There's a cost, but and which gives it value, gives it more value. Uh, yeah. But there's a cost, but but their love is not about suffering. In fact, they find ways to escape suffering and they accept their escape and they struggle through things, you know, but like, I just don't read it that way. (laughs) Well, we'll agree to disagree on these ones. We'll revisit it at a later time. We need to, we need to read that book and talk through it together. (laughs) I will kill myself at the end of it. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) So, I don't know. I I just like I talk about this and I've talked about it on other podcasts and maybe anything, but like I I have read like in middle school, in high school, like I devour, I mean, I was an English major. I devoured these classic novels. Right. And like through it all, like I, and that's why I started reading romance because I just, they're so depressing and so bleak, especially for women and so romance became like this refuge where like people actually cared about what women thought and what they wanted and what they did. And so that's like the point of these novels. Like, yes, this is campy and he's a dragon, but he listened to her. Right. And like she had power over him. Right. And that is, I guess, the essential point of like all of romance is that like women in some way have a power that's noticeable and that you see on the page, like whether or not women have power in, in a farewell to arms or whatever, maybe, maybe not, but like, it's probably not depicted very much in the narration in so much as like the woman, we see the woman feeling that power, if that makes sense. And so I'm happy to talk about any, any novels, but um, (laughs) that's why I, that's why I, I arrived here. Well, that's okay. I mean, so I'm, I mean, I've read all those classics before too. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm interested to see if I can find one in the genre that rings true. Cause I don't think the suffering is what makes it ring true. Um, so yeah. I mean, but your men aren't the ones that suffer, right? And <laughs> look, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Yeah. It's, that's fi- That's fine. That's fine to see it that way. <laughs> Even in real life, do I not look like I am suffering? It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, I'm kidding. Great. It's wonderful. <laughs> all right. Are those all your thoughts? Yes. All right. Fantastic. Do you, this has gone on for two hours and 17 minutes. I didn't mean for that to happen. You know, <laughs> that is incredible about a story about dragon. About <laughs> dragon. And they don't actually fall in love. Anyway, all right. So thank you so much for coming. This was a joy. I hope that you enjoyed it. Thank you for reading the book. Is there anything else you want to say? No, can't wait for the next one. Fantastic, Gio. T.
tell me that you love romance. I love romance. Excellent. <laughs>